This is The Widow Podcast and I am Karen Sutton, The Widow Coach. I'll be supporting you through the loss of your life partner so you can find a more positive way through your grief. I want to give you hope after loss and to know that when you are ready, you can create a meaningful life for yourself with the help of me, Karen Sutton and The Widow Podcast. Hey, and thank you for joining me again, because today I want to talk to you about something that has become a real passion of mine, actually, within the world of widowhood and grief. It comes up so often. I hear so many people saying the same thing over and over again, and I really want to be able to highlight to you how different it is from the reality you believe to be in. Choices. Now, I hear this so much from widows, widowers and surviving partners that people will say something to them. People will say, you're so strong, you're being so brave, you're doing so well, he would be so proud of you, she would be so proud of you. And what people come back with is what choice do I have? I have no choice. And there are two reasons I find this really difficult to hear from people. And I understand it, I do, because I felt exactly the same way. And it wasn't until I did the work on myself that I realized I was telling myself a story that was holding me in a place of discomfort. Firstly, you do have a choice. You have a choice every single day with how you show up, with the decisions you make, with the things that you do, the people that you see. And the fact that you choose to get up, get out of bed, clean your teeth, Get the kids to school, make some breakfast, get yourself to work. You are making a choice to do those things because you actually, you could choose not to and you would be well within your right to choose not to do your things with everything you are going through. Because let's face it, at the end of the day, all we want to do is crawl up into a ball and stay under the covers and ignore everything that is going on in our world because it's so painful, it's so hard, it's so lonely, and it's so tiring. It's exhausting. And getting up in the morning is a choice that you are making. Facing the day is a choice that you are making. It's a hard choice, but please recognize that it is a choice and that you are being brave. And people will see that as strength. And I know it's frustrating for me when people used to say to me, oh, Karen, you're so strong. I actually found that encouraging because I thought, okay, I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. People think I'm being strong. I, I'm not completely losing the plot. I must be doing okay. And actually for me, I, I found that comforting and helpful. I speak to a lot of people that have lost a life partner you actually find that quite insulting because they say, well, what choice have I got? And actually, when we think like that, 
it causes us more harm. It layers our suffering with more suffering because we feel this anger and this resentment. And we cannot recognize how utterly amazing and brave and courageous we are being every single day. We're giving ourselves a hard time, more layers of suffering in an already very difficult place. So I really want you to start taking notice of the choices that you are making day in and day out because they're so important. They're so important. It's necessary for us to really create that awareness around how we are choosing to show up, what we are doing in our day with our time. Granted, there's going to be things that we do in our journey that may not feel that great, that may not feel like, is that really a good choice? You know, when you grab the bottle of wine and the grab bag of crisps for dinner of an evening. Yeah, okay. You could be making better choices, but under the circumstances, considering all the other choices that you've made in that day and how you're feeling in that moment, that's okay. That's okay. It's not permanent. You're not going to drink a bottle of wine and eat a grab bag of crisps every single night. Well, you, you might for a couple of nights, but let's hope it doesn't last for a long time. Otherwise, you're going to start to feel really bad. Um, but we know these, these things, these choices that we make sometimes that we know aren't maybe the best choices, but they're not permanent. It's survival, actually. And, you know, when you look at all the other choices that you have made in your day, we're very focused on looking at what we've done that doesn't feel good, that could be better. Instead of looking at everything that we've done that was brave, that was courageous, that did take every ounce of our being to see it through. And when you start to see that, you're able to be a lot kinder to yourself, a lot more compassionate to yourself, to really help guide you forward in a more positive way. We're not able to make changes in life when it's coming from a place of criticism and judgment. But if we're trying to make positive changes in life from a place of of kindness, of compassion, of love, we're far more likely to succeed. So I really want you to see the choices that you are making every single day. And it's hard sometimes because people will say to me, well, I don't know what choices I have because sometimes we're very focused on things that we have very little control over, which isn't helpful to us because there are things in life we can control And there are things in life we absolutely can't control. And as frustrating as that can be, it's learning to focus on what is within our control, what choices we can make that will have an impact on us and and how we feel and the, the journey that we take versus trying to control things that we cannot control and feeling frustrated, feeling resentful, feeling angry. All of those, those heavy feelings that show up for us. Now, I'm not saying this is easy. I'm not saying 
this is something that we can just suddenly decide to do and that's it, we put it into place. Again, this all takes time. Remember, we are unlearning a lot of what we used to know and relearning a completely new way. It's like rewiring those neurons in our brain, that they're all wired up and they're all set in a certain way with what we know. And when we lose someone we love, it's almost like we've got to rewire it. We've got to take those neurons apart, detach them, and then put them back into place in a way that serves us better. And this doesn't happen overnight. So when you think about the choices that you have, I really, I really want you to, to notice what you're doing already. And I want you to think about the words that you use. These are so powerful to us, you know, using words that help us find our way forward in a more positive way. So a lot of the time we will say, I can't. And instead of saying, I can't, it's recognizing that I don't know how to do that yet, but I will figure it out. It's much more empowering and it's much more truthful, actually, because there's very, very little you can't do. I want to say there's nothing you can't do, but actually, whenever I say that, my daughter always says to me, well, you can't fly to the moon. <laughs> um, and I say, well, I, I probably could if I had enough money and I, and I wanted to. She's always got an argument. She's always got something that I can't physically do. I, I can't go somewhere that is unreachable in the universe. So as much as I want to say to you, there's nothing you can't do. You know, my daughter puts me in my place. I recognize there are certain things in life maybe we can't do that are a little bit out of reach for us. But for the most part, we can do anything that we want. We might not know how to do it right here and now, but we will figure it out. When our person first died, you think to yourself, I can't do this. I can't parent alone. I can't live my life without them. I can't get up in the morning. I can't sleep at night. I can't eat. All of those things. But actually, you can. You just have to figure it out and find a new way. So be very intentional with the words that you use. Really notice what you're saying to yourself because whatever you tell your brain will become your truth because it believes whatever you tell it. And then it will look for evidence to back up what you are telling it. So if you say, I can't do this and I can't do that, your brain will look for ways to reinforce that message, to prove yourself right because we always want to be right. And then you will find that evidence. Of course you will, 100%. But if you are telling yourself, I don't know how to do that right now, but I will figure it out. I will find a way. You will look for evidence to back that up. And that is going to serve you so much better. So be really mindful of what you are telling yourself, what stories you're attaching to where you are in life right now. You get to choose what you say yes and no to. And this is a difficult one because sometimes there's a level of obligation. We feel like we should be doing things. There's certain things we feel we have to do in life. But actually, we need boundaries and we need to understand what we are capable of giving. And it's going to be a lot less than we were able to give before. And understanding that and saying to people, no, is absolutely okay. David Kessler always says, no is a full sentence. 
I personally find that quite difficult. I think he's right. I don't disagree with him. We don't have to explain ourselves to people, but just who I am as a person, I don't feel like just saying no to somebody is kind. However, I think you can say to somebody, I don't really feel like doing that right now, but please keep asking me because I'm hoping in time I will feel like doing that again. So you're not giving them the total brush off. If somebody asks you something and you're not sure in that moment, just say, can I go home and check my diary? I just need to make sure I've got nothing else on to give yourself time to really think about whether you actually want to do that or not. Very much in the early days of widowhood, we feel like we have to accept every hand that is extended out to us. We feel it's rude to say no to people because they're being so kind and they're offering their time. You know, people asking you out, people asking you around for meals. But actually, sometimes we just want to be on our own. We just want to be quiet and we want to sit in the stillness. Not always, but sometimes. And it's listening to your heart. And I also think it's worth sometimes saying to people, can I say yes now? But if I'm having a particularly bad day, can I let you know on the morning? And I might change my mind because I'm very up and down at the moment and I don't know how I'm going to feel on that particular day. So you've given yourself a get out before it comes. So they know you're not giving them a definite yes. You're saying a most probably, but actually with my grief, it can change from one minute to the next. And I, and I need to know that I'm able to pull out if I need to. And that is perfectly understandable. Because remember, everything that you say yes to, you are saying no to something else. So if everything you are saying yes to means you are saying no to your self-care, to sleep, to quiet, to rest, to connection, then we need to look at what we're saying yes to. We get to choose where we focus our attention. Now, this is a big one because in the early days of grief, we are very focused on what we haven't got, what we've lost, what no longer is, is with us because our person has just died. It's really good for us to focus our attention on what we have still got, what still feels good in our lives. And and that can come in in a number of of different ways for us, you know. Some of us might be grateful for for the weather, for the season that we're in in that moment. We might be grateful for our homes, for our car, for our health, for our children, for our friends, for our family, for our community, for our jobs for exercise, for some knowledge that we have. Um, and it's really allowing yourself to focus on what you still have, not what you haven't. And I'm not saying in that that we are trying to minimize or diminish the loss and we are not recognizing it or acknowledging it. We just want to make sure that we're balancing it out. So yes, we're spending time in our grief. We're spending time acknowledging the loss. And we need to have that witnessed. We need to be able to express that. But also give ourselves time to focus on what we still have, on what feels good for us in our lives in that moment. We get to choose how we perceive a situation and we also get to choose the meaning we place on something. And one of the big ones is moving forward means moving away. So we really believe as widows that if we move forward in life, if we create a life for ourselves that can feel good again, that means we are moving away from our person, that our love for our person, our grief for our person gets smaller. And it's just not true. And we have to be very, very aware of the meaning that we are placing 
on things in our lives because it's not always true. It's not always fact. And again, it causes us more harm, adds those layers of suffering and keeps us in that place of discomfort. So just question, when you're making something mean something, is that true? Is that fact? Could it mean something else? Could there be another story that you attach to that that helps you to feel better about it? Choose to give yourself validation and compliments. Choose to be your own cheerleader. Big yourself up. Don't put yourself down. Choose how you show up for yourself in the things that you do. And again, we're not striving for perfection here. We are striving to be kind to ourselves and to give ourselves grace in those moments that maybe we know we're not showing up in the best way possible, coming from a place of compassion and giving ourselves that grace and saying, it's okay. It's okay to do this. I don't have to be perfect. I just have to be kind and compassionate. I hope some of this helps. There are so many things that we get to choose. And I really want you to understand what they are for you. And we do get to choose what we eat, what we consume, what we put in our bodies, what we drink when we go to bed at night, what we watch on the TV, who we follow on social media. How much news are you consuming? These are huge because the news can have a, a, a very negative impact on us, as can social media. But you know, I'm not saying don't go on social media, but follow people that inspire and motivate you. There's so many amazing accounts out there that will help you find your way forward in a more positive way. If you're doing something and you come away from it and you are feeling depleted, it's not good for you. So find another way. Choose to do something a bit differently. You get to choose how much time you spend in nature, exercise, movement, how you release your grief, speaking your truth, getting the support, asking for help. They're choices. And it's hard sometimes because we feel like they're not and they've been taken out of our hands because we didn't ask for this. We didn't choose this life. And that's true. We didn't. But within this, within this life we find ourselves in, navigating grief and widowhood, there's a lot that we can choose to do for ourselves that will nurture us, that will support us and that will help us take those steps forward. I'm sending you lots of love. And if this has been helpful to you in any way, please share it with somebody you know that you think would benefit from listening to this too. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to The Widow Podcast with me, Karen Sutton. If you would like to be part of a supportive community of people who understand your grief, come and join my free Facebook group, Widowed and Rising. And make sure you tune in to the next episode of The Widow Podcast. Podcast.